folks doing this? How is our lived experience of minimalism different from theirs? Because they started out from a different, you know, economic, social economic standpoint. Yes. They left corporate jobs with severances and they owned property and things like that. And that's where Black Minimalist was birthed. Just me looking for Black people everywhere, every nook and cranny of the internet, interviewing them and trying to, you know, share our stories because, you know, that's part of liberation too. You can't keep using tools of oppression and expect to raise free people. My name is Yolanda Acri. I am the founder of Black Minimalists, which is a community of Black folks who live simply and who are trying to get free. And we use minimalism as a tool of personal and collective liberation. For me, minimalism is about getting free. It's about peeling away all of the layers, all the distractions, all the stuff that holds us down, that keeps us back from getting free until we reach our authentic selves. Um, and I'd like to sort of paraphrase Toni Morrison. She has a quote where she says, you have to give up all the shit that holds you down so that you can fly. And that's what minimalism is to me. Getting rid of all of the distractions, all of the shit that keeps us back so that we can be free personally and we can be free as a people. You were one of the first black minimalists that I came across online and it was some years ago. Um, we've yeah. talked before that because you've been blogging for some time, right? I have. And I was yeah. just thinking about that before we went on the call about <laughs> how I found you because I found um, Trelawney, which you also know, right? Your yeah, Trelawney. Yes, yes. Trelawney, yeah. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Everyone does that. It's Trelawney. I never yeah. met her first, but I found her yeah. first through Instagram when I first started blogging. Yeah. And I found you through her. So I always associate you two together when I'm thinking about, you know, my journey. <laughs> That's I a good association. Out, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. still follow you too. Um, and love you, which is why I'm so excited to be talking oh, to you today. You. Thank you. Yeah, you've definitely been someone that I've been following. And I, I think you did like a minimalist closet video or some. Maybe it was YouTube, yep. actually. And yep. I was like, look, she's black. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, the same feeling so many people get when they meet an unschooler or see one. It's like, oh, my God, she's black. So I just was so excited that you furthered the movement beyond what just what you do. Because so many of us are out there doing that in our own way. And it's really wonderful to be able to get together and be like, oh, that's how you explain that to your family. Oh, that's how you um, have a zero waste period. You know, I was looking at some mm -hmm, of your videos, mm -hmm. like all these different things that we're all thinking about in different areas. I just love that you said, you know what? Yes, this is serving me and I want this to serve other folks of color doing this too. And that's really, you know how I guess I got onto this road to creating Black Minimalist and it being what it is today because in my um, personal life, how I started out doing minimalism, I didn't know what I was, I didn't know it was minimalism. I didn't know anything about that term. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I was doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. I had a good job, you know, had my own place, saving money. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm doing all the things that you're supposed to do as an adult. Chasing yes. this American dream. Yes, checklist, 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 right? Right. But I wasn't happy. Um, I wasn't motivated. And I just felt stuck. You know, I just didn't know what I was doing with my life. 
Um, so I thought, you know, maybe let's try this process of elimination. Let me start getting rid of things and let me go back home because my mom is my home. You know, it's where I came from. (laughs) It's my root. (laughs) And, you know, most adults would not want to move back home. But for me, it was important, not only financially, but spiritually, emotionally, mentally to just go back and start over again. And I'm so thankful that, you know, her home has always been open because, you know, some parents don't want their kids to come back home either, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so that was really, you know, pivotal in my minimalist journey. So I just kept, you know, eliminating all the stuff I had because I was moving back home to a small bedroom. I had to get rid of a lot of physical things. And then I was commuting, you know, an hour and a half to my job. And I was like, well, this isn't going to work either because my job wasn't fulfilling me. Um, So eventually I quit my job. And when I quit my job, I said, "Okay, Yolanda, you're doing these things. What is this leading to? And at least for as far as my career, I decided that I was not going to work for another person full time again. Part time, yes, but I had to take some of this time and devote it to my own dreams and figure out what I wanted to do you know, with my life. Just sounds like all the things were uncomfortable enough for you to be exactly. like, you know what, some shit has got to change. Yeah, exactly. All I yeah. can say is I got to a point spiritually where I was just like, I can't take this shit no more. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I brought that up because that's one thing that we need to de-school from. This mm-hmm. idea that going back, you know, doing Sankofa work, going back to whatever home or foundation or history is, that that's a bad thing societally, Mm -hmm. all these different ways we're taught that, nah, you go gather all the things, you go live in a separate house, you go do these things. So, but if it's just your mom or just your mom and her partner, and Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like we out here, like killing ourselves, trying to get an apartment when there are all these other ways that you can utilize the resources that are around you, not for everybody, but for many of us. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be people. I think people think when they when they're making a change in their life that it has to be some grand gesture. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an easy way to set yourself up for failure if you're not prepared to take that grand step. You know, the easiest and most, I guess, authentic thing to do is to start with what you know Mm -hmm. and where you're at. And for me, I knew my mom. That is a home. She represents home for me. I'm trying to get back to myself, find my authentic roots, you know, return to whoever I was or I am. And, you know, that was easy. That was the easiest thing for me to do in that moment was yeah. to get rid of my stuff and go back home yeah. and try to figure it out. Start easy. Mm-hmm. Start where it's easy. Okay. All right. And then what? And then <laughs> <laughs> values. That's where it comes to next. And I had to think about my values. It was a process. I got rid of my stuff. I moved back home. I worked for a little bit longer. I was saving money in the process. Yeah. Got rid of my job. In I did decide that I was going to look for a part-time job. But in that decision process, I also knew that one of my values, within one of those values, I knew that I wanted to travel. Travel has always been something that was important to me. You know, I did it a little bit when I was in college. You know, I got to study abroad in Cuba. And I studied anthropology and Latin American studies. So I've always been interested in, you know, different cultures yeah. and learning about how other people live. So I decided I was going to take a trip to Mexico. And that was my first trip to Mexico. I went by myself. I backpacked for three weeks. And that was really a pivotal moment for me spiritually because I was with myself. Yes. And I learned a lot about myself during those three weeks and what I was capable of. 
that was a, a major shedding too, right? Like mm-hmm. you weren't just getting mm-hmm. rid of physical, tangible things. Mm. You were also, sounds like doing a lot of that other shedding too. Like, is this shit even me? Do I care about mm-hmm. this at all? Do I, you know, a lot of that sort of work. Yeah. And it was a mental, it was a mental declutter for me. Uh, I called it my disruption vacation Nice, because between the time that I decided to leave my job and move home, and I guess that was about, I don't know, six to nine months. Anyway, within that time period, there was just a lot of emotional, you know, ups and downs, you know, even in my relationship um, with my boyfriend, that relationship changed and ended, you know, a lot of things were happening. I didn't just move home, you know, and even, even in the process of leaving that job behind and leaving that life behind, you know, mm-hmm. even that's a, an emotional of course. process. Of course. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. going to Mexico for three weeks was a time for me to put some space in between all of that and I guess make sense of it and come into this new person that I was, you know, becoming. I kept decluttering. I started blogging and, you know, I also started coaching Um, at that time it was, you know, informal. I was just coaching my friends, but that was something that I had always been interested in too from Ayanla. Um, she used to have a show, uh, what was it called on NBC starting over. I used to love that show and I loved how they would help these women basically start over, which is what I was doing. So, um, it was very important to me to sort of share with the people that were closest to me at that time, you know, what I had learned, even in that short period of time of, you know, going for what you believe in, not being afraid to take risks, getting free. Yes, Yolanda, talk that liberation talk. Wonderful to have Yolanda on the podcast with us this week. I have been longing to explore and continue to tease out the connections that have happened for me between unschooling and so many other things. And certainly minimalism is one of them. I wrote an essay back in July of 2017 about how unschooling and minimalism intersect. And I'm going to read it at the end of this episode. In the meantime, while we're talking about getting free, I want to take this opportunity to thank my most recent patrons for being part of this liberation work. Heather, Eclectic Learning Network. Shout out to Malika Diggs at Eclectic Learning Network in Philly, doing great work over there in support of families raising free people. I need to have you back on the show, Malika. By the way, Eclectic Learning Network is also on Patreon. Look them up. Support. Well worth it. Also, Colleen, Lucy, Caitlin, Carrie, Amber, and Mary. Thank you all so much for supporting the podcast. Could not do it and be as happy as I am doing it without your support. You know, we're still alive in a time where financials are an important part of the mix. And as we work to pull ourselves away from systems of capitalism, it's really good to have the support to work through that in a way that um, is sustainable. You know, sometimes the paper is a factor. So speaking of getting paper, I do have a summer job opportunity here, Camp Stomping Ground, Jack and Laura, whom I met through the Alliance for Self-Directed Education. They run along with a staff, Camp Stomping Ground. Shout out to Jack and Laura. What up? 
They're looking to hire about 40 summer camp staff. The website is campstompingground.org forward slash staff. I'm going to read you their blurb. We are looking for free-thinking, hardworking relationship builders who want to make the world a better place by changing the way the world interacts with kids. As a member of our staff, you'll probably work harder than you have ever worked in your life and make better friends and memories than you can imagine. At the Stomping Ground, we are family committed to the continued personal and professional growth of each of us. That relationship starts this summer and continues for a lifetime. We can't wait for you to join us this summer. So they have summer camp from June 20th to August 11th. They pay $275 a week, and all that information is over at campstompingground.org forward slash staff. So check that out, get some dough, and have a wonderful time in a space that prioritizes self-directed learning and fun. <laughs> so let's get back into our conversation with Yolanda. I am so excited for what's happening over at Black Minimalist in that tribe because I feel like a part of that community, been following Yolanda's personal journey for some time. She now is a digital nomad, currently living in Mexico and doing the same work that we are doing over here, y'all, looking at ways for us to get free collectively and starting with ourselves. So that was sort of that first major foray into that space of shedding and then having seen the clarity on the other side of that. What year was this? This was 2013. Give me an idea of the shifting in between then and now. Did you, when you first did that trip to Mexico, were you like, okay, I think I want to do that again? How'd you end up in different cities and that sort of thing? I knew I wanted to travel more, but at the time... That Mexico trip, financially, that sort of depleted me. But like I said, I started blogging and I kept decluttering. So, you know, every three to six months, you know, I just kept getting rid of stuff. And I guess it was probably late 2014 when I had a health scare and ovarian cysts. I had a few cysts, but I had one that was particularly very large that I had to get surgery to have removed. So that was, you know, that's a big life thing. Yes, yes. Because never before in my life had I really been sick um, or had any like major health scare. So obviously when you were faced with this at this point in my life, it's like your own mortality, you start thinking about your own mortality. Yes. This is 2014. I had the surgery. Thank God, I, you know, I made it through the surgery. I decided I wanted to move. But I really wasn't prepared. But what I did do is I decided I quit my job and I decided my part time job and I decided I wasn't going to work for the next year. Major. (laughs) (laughs) It was major because I had a little bit of money saved up to move, but it wasn't enough. And this is also around the time where I discovered the term minimalism. Um, Mm. I was following minimalist beauty. Um, She's a black beauty blogger, you know her, and um, Rosetta Thurman from um, Happy Black Woman. Happy Black Woman. Yes, yes. And they were the first two black people that I saw living this lifestyle and who Mm -hmm. introduced me to the term minimalism. So I went online, obviously started Googling minimalism, and that's when I found the other minimalists, um, you know, the white ones. Yeah, the the two guys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The minimalists, Zen Habits. Uh Uh-huh. Leo Bobauta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Joshua Becker from Becoming Minimalist yep. and 
Courtney Carver from Project 333. Yep. So I found them and that's when I learned about this whole, you know, I guess lifestyle of minimalism. And I'm glad that I found them because it really educated me a lot about what this term meant. And that's when I decided to shift my blog, my personal blog yeah. to talking about minimalism. That's when I started making all these videos. And that's when I started looking for like more determined to look for black folks who are living this lifestyle because in following those other bloggers, you know, the popular ones, I Mm -hmm. was like, where are the black folks doing this? Yes. How is our lived experience of minimalism different from theirs? Because they came from a different, they started out from a different, you know, economic, social economic standpoint. Yes. They left corporate jobs with severances and they own property and things like that. And that's where black minimalist was birthed. Just me looking for black people everywhere, every nook and cranny of the internet, interviewing them. And trying to, you know, share our stories because, you know, that's part of liberation, too. (laughs) We have have to. I mean, I wish you could just see how much I'm nodding here. I didn't realize how similar our stories are because that's exactly how this podcast got started, too. It's like, what the fuck? Is it just like the same white woman unschooling in different cities? Is it a tour? (laughs) The show notes page for this week's episode is AkilaSRichards.com forward slash six five get connected to yolanda as well as the black minimalist tribe and some of the other dope details we mentioned in this episode currently i am living abroad in mexico in orizaba mexico i've been here for a little over three months and this was part of you know my life one of my life goals and part of my minimalist journey I wanted to experience life outside of the U.S. And I just, I needed a break from the U.S. Traveling has been such a a spiritual and motivating experience for me along this way. So I went to the Philippines back in the summer of 2016 for a month with my friend. And I love the Philippines. What I love most about it is when we were in my friend's village and just seeing how simply the people lived there. Yes, they were doing it out of necessity, but they were still happy in their simplicity. So that trip really got me thinking more seriously about moving abroad. But what uh, sealed the decision was Philippines is far away, so it takes about two days really to get back to the U.S. because of all the different flights and connections. You know, as we're making our way back, I start hearing stories or seeing stories on Facebook about the deaths of uh, Philando Castile and Alton Sterling at the hands of police. You know, when I returned to the U.S., I was really, you know, sad and overwhelmed and asking myself why I was living in the U.S. and why, you know, I was subjecting myself to this trauma. So I made the decision. And again, Just like when I started, you know, living simply and decided to move back home, I just got to a point where I was fed up. You know, I can no longer keep existing the way that I was. Um, So I made two very important decisions. One, moving abroad. I was going to finally, you know, put a plan together and leave the U.S. And two, I was finally going to launch Black Minimalist because I had been struggling to launch it. And I didn't even know, you know, there were times where I felt like giving up on the community, but something always brought me back. Like somebody sending me an email because they watched a YouTube video of me talking about minimalism for black liberation. You know, something always brought me back. 
And I decided, okay, it's now or never. I'm going to do this and whatever happens, happens. So I spent, you know, the rest of 2016 and in 2017 planning to leave to go abroad and also planning to launch Black Minimalists. We launched Black Minimalists in uh, May 1st of 2017, and I moved abroad to Mexico October 16th or 17th of 2017. I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot about myself and learning a lot about our community of Black Minimalists. I know that this current chapter, you know, is going to offer so many lessons. I don't know what all those lessons are at the moment. But, you know, I'm open to receiving them and using them to keep pushing forward on our journey to liberation. And I wanted to share something about the Black minimalist community. Even though we call ourselves Black minimalists, we welcome Black folks into our community who are living an alternative lifestyle, regardless of whether they identify as minimalist or not. Minimalist is just a term, really an umbrella term to bring us all together. So we support communities of Black folks who are getting free no matter what that looks like, whether it's nomadic living, unschooling, debt-free, financial freedom, plant-based eating or fitness, beauty, exploring the outdoors, whatever it is that Black folks are finding to get themselves free, we support that and we welcome them into the Black minimalist community. We have a directory of over 200 um, resource links of brands and content creators who share our values um, around intentional living and living freely and who educate our community in how to get free in some way. If you want to learn more about Black Minimalists and you want to learn more about getting free through Living Simply, through community, please visit us at blackminimalist.net. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and Facebook at Black Minimalists, either Black, B-L-A-C-K Minimalists or B-L-K Minimalists. Come join our community. We want you to figure out how that you can get free. And we hope that the stories that we share and the resources and tools that we provide will help you along in that journey. And we really want to hear your story. So if Everything that, you know, we've discussed on this podcast today and everything that you find, you know, on our site and everything speaks to you and sparks that fight or that struggle within you for liberation, please write us at info at blackminimalist.net and tell us your story. We would love to interview you or you can write an original piece for us. We just want to hear from you because every time we share our stories, we free not only ourselves, but we free someone else. And that's the whole focus of the Black Minimalist community is to achieve and work towards both our personal freedoms and collective liberation. And also, if you want to hear more about my story, you can always find me either at YolandaBAcre.com and I'm also on you know Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at either Yolanda Acre or Yolanda B. Acre. I want to say thank you to Akila for having me on this podcast. I love the conversation. You know, I'm appreciative of the work that you do in unschooling because, you know, our children are the next generation and they are going to help us get even closer to liberation. And we want to raise a generation of people who have to do less de-schooling or unschooling or unlearning than we as adults have had to do. 
with each generation, hopefully, we'll get closer to our collective liberation. This full essay is available for reading on medium.com. My username there is Radical Selfie, all one word. How Minimalism and Unschooling Intersect Traveling turned out to be a big part of our de-schooling process as a family. When public education showed us for the umpteenth time that it was not designed to nurture children into confident adulthood and emotionally sustainable life skills, we made our way to unschooling. Like many unschoolers, we stopped at homeschooling along the way, struggling to fully understand the mental shift from structures and coercion to trusting children and valuing natural learning. Eventually, we figured out a way to get a change of scenery. We'd move to a place with a lower cost of living, an easier, slower energy, and the benefits of rich cultural soil. We decided to spend time as adults and parents in the place we spent our childhoods. Moving to Jamaica and spending five months on a new-to-us part of the island with Marley and Sage, of course, came with its share of maybe-this-won't-work-out moments. Everything from renting a car with no credit card, hefty deposits that tie up our cash, finding safe neighborhoods in our fluctuating budget, and battling tourist prices in markets and roadside shops made our school-free, location-independent lifestyle a tough path to pave. These issues still arise from time to time. Still, at no other time in my life have I experienced as much of a positive, relationship-strengthening, spiritual, physical, and emotional shift than I have since we embraced unschooling and became digital nomads. We let go of a lot of things, furniture, cars, clothes, literal baggage, because our new lifestyle called for the ability to pivot and to remain flexible over the right-size house in the right neighborhood that bowing to the mortgage gods and student loans masters foolishness. Marley and Sage, by demanding to be free from schoolishness, freed us from the lives we'd march lockstep into with the rest of the people around us. School, job, kids, kids in school, more expenses, more working, less time together, raise children, repeat cycle with nicer stuff. (laughs) When our daughters disrupted that and our lives stopped revolving around school, we looked up and saw our options for living together, traveling to experience more of the world, and having less physical things attached to ourselves. Storage units here, boxes of things in parents' closets there, it started to feel like a sickness we had to literally unpack one box and bag at a time. Unschooling was our portal to big, scary personal leadership. It asked us, what does it mean to own yourself? How do you practice this freedom you and your people before you have demanded and earned? Less things, more life. Trust my children. Get to understand how learning happens. Get involved in life, not the preparations for it at some future dates. That is the link between unschooling and minimalism for me. The more I shed, the more space I have to see what matters and what's valuable. In our years raising now 13 and 12-year-old girls, I've learned the value of seeing them as sovereign people with whom Chris and I partner to grow together, the four of us, and to safely explore and express ourselves. 
Our girls are not extensions of us. They own themselves. And in that light, I don't own anything but myself. And I don't want anything to serve as unnecessary weight that attaches me to things that don't feel anything like freedom. I got to see how that was tied to the things that filled spaces in our house, but meant nothing to me. The way school filled space in Marley and Sage's lives, but meant nothing to them and wasn't even their choice at all. Their parents chose and they complied. Through our unschooling practice, I learned how to release the need to control. Or I should say I'm learning because it's still happening. I learned that observation is active parenting. I saw how Marley and Sage already had interests and were already learning. And that learning wasn't this separate from life thing that happened in staged settings. Maybe most importantly, I learned that parenting was more about motherhood raising me and me knowing how to stay out of my daughter's way and stay present at the same damn time. Those same skills, that same practice, is what led me to minimalism. I couldn't see how to release things until I saw how to release the need to control my daughters through fear-based parenting. Today, my unschooling and minimalism practice looks like traveling to South Africa for three months with only a carry-on bag and a purse, and realizing that I had everything I needed for our experience in Africa. Bag lady status need not be present. So don't believe the hype that unschooling is only about education and children. This work strips you of your not-it shit and shows you how to see and be yourself. That's where the space, mental and otherwise, to rethink learning comes from in unschooling. When you are you more, you don't need children to fill in gaps and comply with your expectations. Here's to more connections between unschooling and adulting. We need less force, more flow, in more spaces. Bear of the Free Child is a weekly podcast that centers diverse narratives, insightful commentary, learning with our children and de-schooling ourselves, owning our multiple identities and treating children with dignity. Creating community and sharing conversation from often silenced spaces. Breathing life into liberation practices proactively and on purpose. It's about parenting. It's about self-directed education, loving. It's about learning. 